This is the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast, Episode 5. Hi, I'm Monica Woodhams, and this is the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast. I'm an influencer consultant and success coach, and I'm interviewing entrepreneurs, influencers, and industry experts who are making an impact and influencing the world so that we can start to live a life that we are so totally obsessed with. Hey y'all, welcome to episode five. Super excited about today's episode because I'm chatting with Camille Carnavale. She is a business and lifestyle coach and she's really talking about styling a business and lifestyle that's authentic to you. So in this day and age, you know, the online space being what it is, it can seem like, okay, it's going to be impossible to stand out amongst all these millions of bloggers, influencers, just everyone. But the truth is that if you can be authentic in what you do, you are going to stand out because you don't have to stand out amongst millions of people. You just need to stand out amongst the people who need to hear your message, right? So Camille is an amazing resource for really feeling inspired to tapping into that authentic self. So I think y'all are going to really love that. Before we dive in, I've been doing this five-day reset from Saqqara Life. If y'all haven't heard of Saqqara, it's this brand that really focuses on like eating good whole foods that make you feel good and glowing and beautiful and all that fun stuff. <laughs> but so I'm on day three now of it and I've done it before, except It was like two or three years ago, and I think it was actually a three-day reset, not five-day. But anyway, so the the whole reason why I'm saying this is because it comes with these detox bars, and it's what's inside is vanilla, cashew, and blue spirulina. So the bar is like legit blue. And I wish I could show y'all right now because I really feel like if some I was walking down the street eating this, he would be like, what in the world is she eating? But it's delicious. I don't like nuts. Um, I don't like the texture of that. So I can eat peanut butter, almond butter, all that stuff. It can be in the bar. It just can't be in like nut form. I just don't, can't stand the texture of it. And so it's hard for me to find a bar, an easy snack that's on the go. So I'm so excited that these taste as good as they do. So they're the detox bar. So they also have an energy bar, which I haven't tried that in a while. So I can't really remember if I liked it or not, but I definitely recommend these detox bars, especially if you don't like nuts like me. Like I'm not even allergic to them, but I, if I put it, even if you covered in chocolate, it won't fool me. I can't, I can't do it. So anyway, if you are looking for a really good snack, this isn't sponsored. I'm literally just eating it right now (laughs) as I'm prepping this episode. And so I thought it'd be fun to share it with y'all because I know I'm always desperate to find a new one. So that's my fun fact for today, y'all. Okay. Let's dive into the episode with Camille. All right. I am here today with Camille Carnivale, and she is a business stylist. And so I am so excited to have her on to share her insights about really creating a brand and 
moving into this business coming from being a jewelry designer, which is where her background is in. So Camille, thank you so much for joining today. Thank you for having me, Monica. I'm so excited. Of course. Okay. So I think one of the very first questions that people might be asking themselves is what is a business stylist? Yeah. So I, uh, when I was trying to figure out my title, I really wanted to be able to cover all my bases. So I really like to focus on branding and I have been a business. Um, I've been a, in business for 10 years. So when I was running my jewelry business, I learned quite a few things about business, but at the same time, I do focus on design and like definitely like the branding world. So for me, business stylist has a little bit of everything and I feel like that fully explains who I am and it just feels right to me. So my main goal is to help women give the effect of like their own style and like be as authentic as possible online, but also use their uh, creative expression to brand themselves. I love that. So yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So how does the jewelry business tie into where you've come now? Like what is the journey of how you got to be helping women with their businesses and really styling their business, styling their lifestyle, all of that? Yeah. So. I actually struggled quite a bit in my jewelry business. Um, I had a really hard time. There was a lot of really rough months where I was unsure about whether or not I needed to go get a job. And I just had, I had a rough time. And even though I was doing what I loved and I had the freedom to do what I wanted to do, it was something that I felt like it was always a struggle. And I knew that there were other women out there doing the same thing and that they were creating amazing artwork and working extremely hard and working harder than they ever did at any other day job. And I had always had this dream that I would put systems into place for myself in my jewelry business, which I did end up doing. And down the line, I would have my own consulting business and I would start helping other people to put those same systems in place. And actually, once I did learn that I could automate my business and I could use my computer to like work as a robot almost (laughs) to like help me, everything changed. I started to really see a lot of success. I started getting into magazines. I started kind of like having all the jewelry ready to go at any time so that if a store approached me and they wanted my jewelry in their store, I would have it ready right away. So yeah. And that ended up being like really where the money was. So the wholesale business was really where it all started to snowball. Right. How many years into your jewelry business did you realize that it was time to change? It was time to not do it the hard way anymore. It was about eight years into it. So it was a very long time that I really struggled. And for that, almost the whole eight years, I had other jobs. So Mm -hmm. my jewelry business was bootstrapped by a a bar job. And I had a job in a jewelry store where I did repairs um, full time. And so, yeah, it took a really long time for me to like kind of throw my hands up in there and say like I'm not going to do this this way anymore like I either have to change what I'm doing or I have to get used to it you know right and 
And did you just, just have didn't... this gut feeling that like there was a different way to live life? Yeah, for sure. Like my dream was always to have my business in a backpack and to travel the world. And and to be honest, like there were times where I I just like did it, even though I didn't have any money. I was like, I don't care. I'm just going to go anyway. And that was, those were one of the happiest times. Like I remember being on a train in Switzerland and, and meeting these American girls and they like bought all my jewelry from me. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. And that was like my travel money, you know, like every time I would sell a piece of jewelry, it was like a little extra money to travel with. So. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. But I can really relate to that because when I was in my corporate job, I was in a, um, I was, what was my dream job at the time? It was in the fashion industry, but I was working crazy hours. It wasn't fulfilling anymore. I was so really badly burning out. And something in my gut told me that I didn't have to live life like this. And people would say, no, like, this is just part of it. Like, that's part of being in your 20s. You're going to, feel miserable in your 20s that's just what it is and I really like had this gut feeling that there's no way there's got to be a better way and where I would get snippets of it kind of like when you would travel is going to blogging conferences and meeting these bloggers who have their own business they are living a life that inspires them and fulfills them and some of them are only 23 so it was like, okay, wait, there, this is possible. Totally. I agree with you 100%. I think that age discrimination is totally unfair. And, you know, for all the people out there that say that there's no such thing as a 25-year-old life coach, I think that's a bunch of bullshit. Really? <laughs> you because, know, like... Yeah, because is a 45-year-old life coach really going to be able to help a 19-year-old in the same way? No. And the, and a 19 year old doesn't want to work with a 45 year old. No, not at all. And if you're going to someone because you need life coaching, it's because you need someone who's under, who understands the landscape that you're living in. And that's just not going to happen with someone who's 45 and like a 19, 20 year old. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when I was 25, I had been running my business for seven years. (laughs) Yeah. Did you feel like you did get that age discrimination? You know what? Actually, I didn't. I I had people really rooting for me. People were like, that's amazing. You're so young and you have a business. I think that's so cool. And, you know, after now opening my second business, I have to say this time around, it's like almost harder because I'm not sure if it's like where I'm from or if it's um, just the type of business that I'm in. But I get a lot more like questions about (laughs) what I'm doing and why. But my, I, I strongly feel that my why is so, so, so important. And like what I'm doing and the reason why I'm doing it is so valuable. And there's so many people out there that need me. So, yeah. So what would you say your why is? So my why is really just to teach people, women, young women that hard work and that, you know, struggling and bleeding and crying all the time is not necessary. I, I am, I do believe that hard work is valuable. And I believe that there is hard work in everything that you do and any success you have, it is like a requirement, but 
I think that when it gets to the point where you're like losing relationships or people don't want to be around you or <laughs> you're literally like mentally and emotionally um, destructive to yourself, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's not necessary. And, you know, it really comes down to the reason that I launched this business, which was I needed to do my own mindset work. And once once I discovered how magical life can be once you kind of tweak your mindset and your brain chemistry changes a little bit, you can really live the like any life you want to. There are no limitations. It's so true. And it's like, I think it's literally one of the hardest things a human being can learn. Yeah, it is really hard. Which is crazy because life, I mean, life can be so much more than what you could even imagine it right now. So as you do the work, it's like the mindset work, it's like you start to realize more and more and more. And something that seems super realistic now is something that maybe two years ago seemed like you couldn't even dream that up. Yeah, it's so true. It's really cool. But I know it is really cool. Going back to the hard work and that it doesn't have to be hard work. This is probably going to be a loaded question. I call it the million dollar question, but how do you know what that balance is between working hard and allowing things to happen and not overworking yourself? That is a really, really good question. And I love this question because (laughs) as an artist, I have had that feeling where like you're so like, imagine me like sitting at my jewelry bench and I have this really amazing idea in my head. And like the only way that I can make it physically come to life is if I sit there and work for hours and hours and hours. And if I have the drive and I don't like nothing is going to stop me, <laughs> like not even like human, like <laughs> necessary human, like life <laughs> necessities, mm-hmm. um, like using the bathroom and eating and like, you know, sleep, anything like that. Those things are like, and unlike as an artist, I know what that feels like. I know what it feels like to sit there and like not stop until you see it come to life because in your mind, it's so important that you get this work done Mm -hmm. and to me like creative expression and being like being an artist is very valuable but at the same time if you've if you've finished the project and you're like oh well I did it and now I need more like I just don't feel that fulfilled you know that's when you know that your hard work is not it's not paying off like it's only paying off if you feel good so yeah so and it's so simple (laughs) it it is really simple like you you either know if it feels good or if it doesn't exactly exactly don't do you feel like we all have that tendency though and maybe it's because society has trained us to be this way I don't really know but to just assume that we're supposed to settle for the, it doesn't feel good. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, listen, I'm from New York. We don't, <laughs> we don't stop. We do not stop. We keep going and, and it's like, go, 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 go. And I want my coffee faster and I want my meal faster so that I can go back to work. It's like, yeah. I don't know. I just, I just think there's more to life than that. And like, right. 
it absolutely is what we've been taught. I think that we've been taught that hard work is the only way. And there's a difference between hard work and like passionate work that fulfills you. Where you know that like your main priority should be yourself and taking care of yourself first. So if someone right now, they're in either a grueling job and it's just so much work, you feel so unsatisfied when they come home or they have their own business, but they're hustling and it just doesn't feel good. How do they discover what it is that is going to fulfill them and light them up and make it not feel like hard work? Yeah. So someone actually, when I was struggling with my career and I knew that I needed to make a change, someone really close to me said something that I swear is so valuable. And like, I will always repeat this because I think it's so important. But he said to me, it doesn't matter what you're doing, just do something, you know? So like, if that's doing yoga, if that's cleaning your house, if that's, you know, like, like just do something and commit to that and become passionate about that. And then you'll discover what, what it really is that you're meant to do. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Well, because it's like, I'm kind of applying this to when I was going from different corporate jobs and my dad kept saying, as you interview, as you keep going on interviews, you'll learn more about what you don't want. And, yeah. but you're not going to learn that unless you just go to the interview. So even if it doesn't Absolutely. sound that exciting, you don't actually know what you do want. So you need to start somewhere. That's so funny. Yeah. And that's actually what a big thing that I teach my clients, like what not to do is just as important as what you should be doing. <laughs> <laughs> totally. It, I mean, I honestly think you learn more from it because you yeah. got like a fire under you because you're like, Oh, definitely don't want to do that ever again. (laughs) Liking something being like, okay, that was, that was good. That was fine. But realizing that you're doing something that you hate, well, you'll really make sure that you don't do that again. (laughs) Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. Tell me more about the work that you do with your clients. Are they new business owners? Are they business owners and you're helping them kind of go from a hard, difficult hustle, hustle, hustle business and helping them with the mindset work to make it easier? How do you work with them in the beginning stages? Yeah. So uh, the Alchemy Workshop is my one-on-one program and it is definitely for women who are a little bit more advanced in their business and they have been working on it for a while and they just want to figure out how they can easily transform it into to like an efficient machine that is working for them more than they're working for it. <laughs> and, and I do help people that are a little bit um, earlier on in their journey, but uh, I would say that it is definitely um, more difficult to work with the beginners because they're not really sure what they want. You know, like mm-hmm. it took me a really long time to get, to the point where I discovered that this, you know, that a retail job wasn't really what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, uh, the, the women who are coming to me are women who are either like on Etsy and have a following on Etsy 
and they're ready to start their own website. They're ready to branch out. They want to be taken a little bit more seriously. You know, they're getting clients and they're selling their jewelry or they're selling their handmade art, but they're not quite sure where they want to go with their branding and they just want to be taken more seriously in their industry. So when you work with them on their branding, how do they, how, so when it comes to a product, especially, how do you mesh the branding of your product, what it is, as well as like you? Because I know for us as coaches, our brand is us. So how does that change when there's a product in the mix? That's actually a really good question. I love branding because I feel like there is so many different things you can apply branding to. Like, for example, I apply branding to the style of jewelry that I make. I apply it to the colors that I use. I apply it to my copy and the way I write my newsletters, the way that I write my blogs. I apply it to myself and the clothes that I wear and the bags that I wear. And I apply it to the adventures I go take, you know, the, the places I visit. Um, and so for a product-based business, when you're branding yourself, I think that number one, picking a color scheme is so important and just knowing that that's where you want to work from. So if that's pastel colors, then go with that. If that's like deep earthy greens and like beiges, then go with that. And I'm a very visual, um, artistic person. So color, I'm very inspired by colors and, you know, some other people might be inspired by textures. And so maybe they want to go with a pattern or they want to do more texture based stuff. So, um, come across people who are like, well, I don't want to just choose pastels or I don't want to just choose jewel tones because what if I change my mind? Yeah, that's. Do people like just know I for sure want to do this and I'm cool sticking with it? Because I, I have a client who she is like, well, maybe this week I want to just totally switch. And I'm like, all right, you got to do you, but you also have to put your business hat on and make your decisions from the business perspective, not the, this is my fun hobby where I'm just throwing things around. Yeah, that's actually really so interesting because I've actually struggled with this in the past. Like I'm like, but I'm so multi-passionate and I refuse to pick one color scheme and I just want to like have all the colors and all the colors are cool. But I think that, you know, it's like, well, first of all, if you're being yourself naturally, there will be a some kind of color scheme, you know, like also narrowing it down is so much less confusing to your audience. And so when you kind of pick just like four or five colors to work with, it becomes a lot less distracting. And Instagram is a perfect example of this because a lot of our favorite Instagram accounts have very obvious color schemes. And so when you visit their page, you can see you know, what it is that they're, what story they're trying to tell very quickly. It's so true. And also like, it can be as simple as like opening your closet and looking at the colors that you wear because I never wear yellow. You will never see like canary yellow in any of my branding because it just doesn't even feel relevant. Whereas like I wear a lot of neutrals. So the pinks I have are like 
muted down peaks and all that. It's funny because it really does carry over in every single area of your life. Absolutely. And for me, like pink is like, it's definitely not really a color that I wear very often, but when I look at it, it's so soothing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I use a lot of pinks in my branding just because, you know, the meaning of pink is very much like the color of like oneness and passion and being like, I don't know, it's just a happy color. Yeah. And giving credit to color for evoking feelings. Yeah, we take color for granted sometimes, but it really can trigger different feelings inside of you. And to consider that in your branding, when you have a specific message and feeling that you want your client or your customer to feel when they find you. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And you know, I'm a very intuitive person. Um, I also read tarot cards. So I bring that into my business coaching. And yeah. And my like colors and just like intuitively looking at colors is so like special and, and like interesting. And yeah, I find that really, really cool. So do you have different meanings behind the different colors or do you just, is it a feeling for you? How does your relationship with color work, especially when you're using the card readings for your clients? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a very like intuitive, like random improvised thing. But once I had a psychic tell me that that I should wear red because red is the color of power and that people will take me seriously when I wear red. (laughs) So that kind of inspired me. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? Actually, when when I first started my jewelry business, she told me that. And I remember bringing a suitcase of jewelry to a store and I had never done this before. And I just walked into the store and I was wearing a red shirt. And I remember thinking I'm wearing red. So this is going to go great. And I sold them like $400 worth of jewelry. (laughs) No way. That's incredible. Yeah. It was like my first big sale in a store. That's amazing. So do you have a favorite color? I definitely really like pink. I like purple too. I'm definitely like a pink and purple girl, but I'm also like a rainbow girl. I, I really like having all the colors. Yeah. <laughs> being very colorful. But I like black too, which is interesting because like not many people who are colorful like black too, but I like wearing black. I love black. I, I mean, I'm just, I love my neutrals. My mom always jokes that I look like I'm about to, like to retire in the Hamptons or something like because I'm just in like, <laughs> like a baggy beige sweater with beige pants. But man, that's awesome. Like, I, you look like you're 80 years old. That's so funny. That is very Long Island. <laughs> okay, so when it comes to branding, and so we talked about the colors and that really representing who you are as a person, as a brand. How else do you help your clients bring the authenticity into their brands, especially when it comes to getting visible? Yeah, that's really interesting um, that you ask that because I would say that definitely like the authenticity is kind of like an interesting topic because you really do have to be very confident with what you're doing. And I tell my clients that they should really focus on their own self-love and find what it is that they love about themselves and and use that. So like 
if they love writing, then they should write more. If they love documenting, then they should take more photographs or take more videos. And I think that that really helps them stand in their power and be more confident with what they're doing. As long as it's something they're passionate about, then all the money will just follow. Yeah. Do you feel like when you suggest that to them, they like have this light bulb moment where they're like, oh, wow, I don't remember the last time I did this one thing that I love? Or is it something that they're probably already doing anyway? You know, that's interesting. I think it's a little bit of a combination of both. I think that, you know, we all have, like, I tend to make things really complicated (laughs) for no reason. And that's something that I really like still have to work on. And I am constantly trying to work on that. And when, you know, meditation has really helped me and, and that is a tool that I definitely teach my clients. And I think that people who are wound up and anxious and have like low vibes, they tend to not be able to see the really amazing things about themselves so I can relate (laughs) yeah yeah and and it is really it's really hard but it's it's something we just have to work on every single day and definitely meditation has helped me and and you know another really amazing tool that I try to promote is using altar rituals and using rituals in general so basically just setting up a series of routines for yourself daily and finding a space in your house where you can um, sit comfortably and uh, relax and pray or meditate or do whatever it is that you need to do. And I like to use tools. So I'll use crystals, sage, incense. Sometimes I'll use a, a meditation bowl, singing bowl. Um, oh, I love those. Yeah. And and of course, like divination, I really like to use tarot for guidance. But I so think that having... Your- daily routine look like? So I love to wake up in the morning and meditate in bed. That's just the easiest way for me to meditate. And Do you ever fall back asleep? No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I've never really fallen asleep in meditation. But you know, I have an interesting like my I'm very weird. I can't fall asleep like sitting up, I have to have complete darkness and like complete silence. So once the sun is up and I can see the sun, I'm awake. (laughs) But yeah, I can see how that would be hard for someone who like, yeah, I fall back asleep sitting up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. That's so funny. Yeah. I wonder if I have a tip for someone who, you know, falls asleep sitting up, maybe, maybe definitely like sit on the floor or something. Yeah. That's what I have to do. with your hardwood floor is my best friend for that. Yeah, I was going to say the hardwood floor is kind of hard to fall asleep on. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I, I wake up, I lay in bed, I usually do a meditation. I Once my conscious thoughts start coming in, I try to replace any like negative dreaming thoughts with conscious positive ones. So that has really helped me start my day off a lot more like clear and happy. Um, and, and it's weird because I know a lot of people who suffer from anxiety and depression, they tend to be depressed in the morning. And I know that like for myself too, I'm not a morning person. So for me to like, just practice the habit of replacing my negative thoughts with positive ones in the morning is so helpful just to like have a better day in general. And, um, and I also really try to keep a very um, 
consistent schedule. So when I wake up, I look, I do look at my phone, but I go straight for my calendar just to see what it is that I have to do that day. So what about when you travel? Because do you stick to that consistency? Do you still do that on the go in the hotel room or wherever you're staying? Or do you feel like you kind of lose the routine a little bit? Yeah, I mean, it depends on if I'm traveling alone or if I'm traveling with other people. This Tomorrow, I'm getting on a plane to go to LA and I'm definitely going to be with other people. So I'm definitely going to have to be relying on what they're doing too. Right. But for the most part, I try to stick to it. And, you know, I just politely ask other people, like, I actually have this routine that I have to do in the morning. Like, if you don't mind, I'm going to do that. And then I'll meet you guys after or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, because it really does help with mental health. Like, I just think like keeping, you know, it's so funny because I used to have a dog that was like really bad, anxious, had separation anxiety. And, uh, the number one thing that the vet told me to do to help them was to keep a routine. Oh my gosh. Okay. My parents' dog has really bad anxiety, especially separation anxiety. And it gets worse when um, either my mom doesn't go to work that day or like one of my parents is sick and all Mm -hmm. of a sudden her anxiety is just like my mom the other day said that it's harder to take care of her than a newborn baby sometimes. Oh my God. No, I totally feel for you. (laughs) It's unreal, but that's so good. It's really hard. Because I do know that when her routine changes, and it's just it's bad totally animals are very sensitive creatures and like you know they have a lot of same the same problems we do and mm-hmm. and you know i think that it's a valuable lesson you know like having a routine and and as i call them rituals like having rituals whether it's like you know doing the same thing in the shower every time you take a shower or mm-hmm you know, developing a day where you do your laundry once a week and putting that in a calendar and holding yourself accountable is so, so helpful. And when you're in business, like it's so easy to stray away from that and like put those things on the back burner and and be like, well, my business is more important because that's what's making me money. And without money, I can't be here. So it's actually the opposite. It's like, well, without me, none of this is here. So I have to take care of me That's first. so true. It's so true. Mm-hmm. And when you are able to really take care of yourself first, the amount that you can give back is going to be like multiplied. Yeah, and absolutely. People are going to really like see that. And I think when people do start seeing that, then they're like, yeah, you you deserve to have those minutes because you can see how it affects everyone else. Because especially for moms, I think I'm obviously not a mom, but I had clients who struggle with this is feeling guilty about having a morning routine because they feel like they need to be focused on everyone else from the second that they get out of bed. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it's it's crazy because the moms moms are like the ones that need it the most. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're the ones that need to be strong and healthy to be able to promote the health and the strength of their children. So 
Yeah. I mean, it is really hard. And I obviously don't, I don't really have any advice for moms because I'm not a mom and I don't know what it's like, but I do know that everyone has the same amount of hours in the day and everyone can control, you know, their lives and their realities. And it just takes that switch in the mind. Do you get clients who are really resistant to a morning routine because they don't think that they have the time for it? Yeah. I mean, I work with artists. They're crazy. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, the artists are like the most difficult ones. They're the ones that are like so set in their ways. And so, you know, but the thing is that the once they realize that their creativity is so is like the the amount of their creativity really does rely on how much they take care of themselves things start changing like i think that it's easy to like fall in including myself i know i've gone through periods of my life where i've fallen into you know just like crazy artist zone (laughs) but once I really start paying attention to what it is that I need like for example one thing that I've been doing lately is acupuncture and it's really incredible I have to say my acupuncturist is amazing and she has really just helped me uh clear a lot of energy blocks and I have to say I feel a lot more clear and the only reason I started doing acupuncture was because I knew that I needed something that would help me sustain my health. Okay. So, so just one little in, thing. Did you go in because of a specific ailment or just like preventative? Um, actually, I I started doing acupuncture because I had an injury. Okay. I'm a very active person. I skateboard, I snowboard, I'm a runner, I ride bikes. I'm like... <laughs> I'm like a crazy active person, but I'm pretty sure I either rolled my ankle or had a knee injury. I can't remember what it was, but she did a home visit for me and started treating me for a, a, I I think it was a rolled ankle. And yeah, I think she cut it down from like, it was like something that should have taken six weeks to repair. And she cut it down to like three weeks. And yeah, it was really amazing. So it's just when you start to surround yourself with other healers and you start to re- surround yourself with people who want to cure and want to help heal the world, you immediately become that person too. So like whether it's a coach, whether it's an acupuncturist, whether it's a doctor, whether it's like a boyfriend, it doesn't matter. It's like when you start surrounding yourself with those people, you become more stable and more healthy in your in your own mind it's so true and you realize how many healers there are in the world in whatever respect like you said in whatever respect that it is that they do you don't have to be a doctor to be a healer you don't have to be a nutritionist to be a healer like there's just so many different ways which i think that's the beauty of the world that we're in is that we see how accessible it is to be in this space but do you ever feel like sometimes we're in this bubble that isn't like what everyone else is seeing or how do you kind of <laughs> process that? Because my friends have no idea where to like find an acupuncturist in Kansas city, but I could list you like four. 
<laughs> yeah, man. Consciousness is a hell of a drug. <laughs> it's like once you step over to the other side, you are like, <laughs> you're in for it. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's really funny because it's like, once you get a taste of it, it's like, it's like, wow, I need more of this, you know, and you're going to yeah. like open your mind so much and be like, so prepared and ready for other people to come in. And, and it's like the people who don't know that those things exist, they've done that to themselves, they've cut themselves off. And that's where they want to be. And that's their journey. And that's okay. And for the people like us who know where to find all of that, and we know how to attract each other, we know how to be magnets for good. We're the people that have to lead by example. Yeah. And that's really all that we can do. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And I mean, that really ties together what this whole podcast really is to me. And that's about bringing people together who are all making an impact in the world in their own way an impact for positivity they're influencing in a healthy and positive way so that the ripple effect can really like just go across the world. And sometimes I think about that mission and I'm like, Ooh, that's something that I signed up for. That's kind of a lot. <laughs> but at the same time, it's so, it's been so easy to bring together and interview the most incredible people who are making an impact. And it's, yeah, it's, it's really, so cool. it's really so beautiful that you have the drive to do this. And I, it actually is really inspiring to me because I'm like, that's amazing that you're using your voice literally to promote goodness in the world and promote love and, and show the world that, you know, there are people out there who really do care about the world and they care about women who run their own businesses you know, mm -hmm. definitely. If you look back on the past, let's say 10 years, are you surprised that you are where you are today? I don't think so. No, because I've always known that my purpose was to help people. And I've always known that this was what I wanted to do. Like, I think about six or seven years ago, I signed up for Marie Forleo's B school. Oh my gosh, me too. Were we in the, really? We were in the same class. Oh my god, we probably are. But at the time, I didn't know that anything like that existed. When I found her, I was like, "This is absolutely amazing. I can't right? even believe that this exists." Yeah, it inspired me so much and that really is the reason like that I the only reason that I even knew that this industry existed and that this business could be possible is because of her yeah same same I don't know <laughs> I don't even know how I found out about her but when I did I was just like wow and I and like you said like I thought she was the only one doing something like this yeah and it turns out there's so many people and I think it's I know it's so, crazy. It's so necessary that so okay. Tell me again about what your coach Amberly was saying about why this coaching industry even exists. Because I think that that's really powerful and I would love for you to share that with everyone. Yeah, I think it's so so important what she said too. I feel like 
I was really struggling because I had someone accuse me of being in a in a scheme and like being in a multi-level marketing scheme. And, you know, I guess I really let it hurt me. Like I let it get to me. And I was like, but what I'm doing is so important. And so many people need this that like, how could I be like, how could anyone think that? It just doesn't make sense to me. So what Amber Lee said was that women have created this industry out of a need for helping each other. And what is more beautiful than literally like all the women on this planet coming together and using a tool like the internet to support each other? And, you know, if we're going to get paid to do that, then we should get paid to do that. <laughs> and yeah, and it's not like there's no pyramid. It's literally every single person for their own. We all get to decide what we want to do. And you know what? I'm a jewelry designer. You're a blogger and influencer. And like that's, those are our businesses. So it's like, yes, I'm in the jewelry industry. That means that I have a duty and a responsibility to take care of other people in my industry. And I don't see anything wrong with, with charging for it. <laughs> Absolutely. We all, we all deserve to get paid. And, and it's more than anything so that we can all live the life that would light us up the most. So like someone yes. needs, maybe they need a million dollars. Another person maybe needs $500,000. It doesn't matter. It's just about like being able to live your life to the fullest, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And helping other people do the same. Yeah. <laughs> and it really is just what you make of it. There's no, you know, there's no amount of skill sets or no amount of schooling and no amount of talent that will get you to a certain place unless you have a belief that it will. And and also, unless you have like a support system. Yeah. So for anyone who's listening, if they don't have that support system and they're like totally vibing with you right now, how can they find you? How can they get more from you to really take the next step to take their business to the next level in a way that feels really good to them? Absolutely. I I have several different ways they can get in touch with me. They can, of course, visit my website, xmealcarnival.com, and they can click work with me and find out about all of my services. My one-on-one program is called the Alchemy Workshop, like I said earlier, and that is going to be the best bang for your buck when you're looking for someone to support you with your business that you already have that you're really looking to transform it from like I like to say alchemy is really when you're transforming something from a base metal to a precious metal so I want to help people really become that precious metal like I want to take them from brass to gold (laughs) and yeah I have a lot of really fun little like you know things that I like to say like for example, levitating your business is when you do something that you never ever thought was humanly possible. Um, oh my gosh, I love that! And then it actually happens. Yeah, <laughs> so cool. So my website is definitely the best place to reach me. I also, obviously, I use Instagram as a social platform, and I have a Facebook group called the Mystic Mogul, which I use to support women from all over the world and. Awesome. Quite, quite an awesome community. Love that. 
So, okay, this is the very last question that I always end the podcast with. And what is your favorite lifestyle hack? So this could be like and literally anything. Oh my god, I wish you could see my face right now. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh my god. So I love to travel. Traveling is like my favorite, favorite, favorite thing. And I hope that this counts as a hack, but <laughs> the best trips that I've ever taken were the trips that I had no plans, where I took the biggest risks and I took nothing but a backpack and like a couple pairs of clothes. And I really just went to meet people and like travel, you know, to as many places as I could and take those adventures that were like really crazy. <laughs> That's oh like my, my favorite, my favorite thing to do. And I have tons of travel hacks. Too, but <laughs> I should probably write a blog post with all of my travel hacks. <laughs> yes, you should, especially because you're heading to LA tomorrow. Put yeah, I know. You. It's a really good idea. I should definitely do that. So keep an eye out on my blog. <laughs> I'll, be posting, <laughs> I'll be posting world traveling hacks. Yes, I love it. We can all use some hacks when it comes to travel. That is something Absolutely. that we could all use simplified. Totally. And simplify. I feel like the more simple, the better, like act like a turtle and keep your house on your, <laughs> on your back is like the best advice I could give. Cause when you have too much stuff, it becomes difficult to move. It's so true. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Let's simplify everything. And then I think we're all going to be a little bit happier. Totally. And that actually is my business model. I like to help women put their business in a backpack. So, yes. um, <laughs> Yes, well, thank sure. you so much for joining me today. This has been so much fun. I love getting to hear about your business and how you actually came to do what you're doing now because I think the background story is always really inspiring. Thank you for having me. I honor you for doing this work. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast. Loved this episode? head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review. For show notes and free tips and trainings, head over to monicawoodhams.com slash podcast. You'll be able to learn more about this week's guest and how to connect with her as well. Talk soon, y'all.